Bibles this morning to the book of Matthew chapter 28. We're going to go to verse 18. Amen. We have come here. We, as I said earlier, we we made all the arrangements. We got up early. We, as one person called it, the opportunity clock went off, not the alarm clock. And we got up and we made our way to the shower and we made our way to, we did whatever we had to do to make our way out to the house of God. And so we didn't, if we thought we were coming here in vain, we wouldn't have probably even made our way here. And so here we are. Amen. We've been taught this morning. We've worshiped. We've given unto the Lord. Amen. And, and we've done all these things up to this point, which to me is the most important part, the part Brother Miller plays or Brother Parker plays in the teaching and in the preaching of the Word of God. And God is not slack. God is going to feed us. Amen. Everybody say, God's got something for me today. Amen. And so if we approach it like that, God will have something for us today because the thing that God knows that I don't and that Brother Miller does not know is your heart. But that's the part that God is looking at, your heart. And he is looking at your hunger, as Brother Miller brought out this morning, your thirst for righteousness. And so those that are hungering, how many are hungry today? I'm not talking about for the natural food. How many are thirsty today? Amen. I, I don't know about you, but I'm not. I'm never satisfied of the things of God. Brother Miller was talking about studying things for yourself, and and I, as I heard one preacher saying, I do this myself. He has. He said that he's got things that he has studied and made notes on that he'll probably never preach. And the only reason he has those notes is because he wanted to know more about that subject. Something would just jump out of that Bible, and, and he purposed to study, maybe to never preach it, but just so that he would know it, so that he would have it down in here. Amen. And so I do that a lot. I've got a lot of things on my little iPad that I start notes on that, that I do little studies, and I'm, God may never say preach that, but that's for me, because I'm never satisfied knowing just a little bit that I do know. There's, it's so rich. This word is so rich and powerful. There's so much here that we can never even, if, if Brother Parker, myself, and Brother Miller, we can't even begin to scratch the surface of what the, of the richness and the power of God that's in this word today. Amen. And so God's going to minister in this place today. Amen. Amen. It says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power, that's... That's pretty much all means what? All. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye. Who is ye? Everybody say me. Me. He wasn't just talking to the people when he wrote this, but this was the God Almighty that we serve today. He was talking all the way down through time. And so this applies to everybody in this room and those that can't even hear what I'm saying today. It applies to everyone. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. 
Thank you, Father, for this service today that your, your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated if you'll clap your hands and give God all the glory and praise and honor today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And one quick plug for the BUILD conference. The men's conference is going to be held at Shano this year, 1st through the 3rd of June. And it's going to be an awesome time. One of our preachers that preached our winter camps is going to be coming to preach this. And I'm telling you, the men are going to have an awesome time. Last year, there ended up being a Hispanic group of apostolic men in another another auditorium in the same facility. We ended up eating breakfast one morning together and had a prayer meeting right in the middle of the of the facility at Green Lake. Right in the middle of breakfast, we all stood up and prayed together, worshiped God. God's doing great things in the state of Wisconsin with the men of Wisconsin. So I encourage you men, if you're going to go, check this out. There's some cards in the back. Make your reservations or whatever you got to do. Make preparations and bring somebody. Bring one man. Maybe even pay his way. Do what you got to do for the kingdom. Amen. Because if each one would reach one, it wouldn't take very long at all to fill this building up. And then if all the backsliders started showing up again, oh my goodness, we'd be looking for another building pretty quickly. Amen. That would be a good problem. I don't know about you. I want that problem. I like problems like that. Amen. When they're just flowing out the door, we don't even have enough room for Sunday school. Amen. God is going to do some great things. Matthew 28:18 to 20 in the Amplified says, Jesus approached and breaking the silence said to them, All authority, so that word power means authority, that's that Greek word exousia, all power and rule in heaven and in earth has been given to me. Go then and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all thing, everything that I have commanded you. And behold, I will, I am with you all the days, perpetually, uniformly, and on every occasion, to the very close and consummation of the age. Amen. So let it be. And so these things that, that this scripture says right here, it's a very common, very popular scripture. Many of us probably could have quoted it. And so the main word that, that, that sticks out to me and that stuck out to me, the, the word that the Lord wanted me to kind of emphasize to you today is that word command. And he said in there, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And so there's a lot of commands going on in this scripture to go is a command it's not a request it's it's not something that we have to think about or decide if we want to do it or not it's a command he was commanding who his disciples if you're in within the sound of my voice if you understand what this bible says if you've been filled with the holy ghost baptized in jesus name you are a disciple now, you have to understand, he was saying this to men that hadn't even had those things happen in their life yet. He was commissioning them before there was even the day of Pentecost when Peter preached. 
And so it was important to him. This was his whole purpose and goal for the three and a half years that he spent with these men to prepare them to command them to go. And he didn't just command them to go. He commanded them to make disciples of men or mankind. And so there's a lot involved in that. We could have a whole Bible study on just making a disciple out of someone. To baptize was a command. They were commanded to go and make disciples. They were commanded to baptize. And they were commanded to teach them all things whatsoever he had commanded them. And so they were commanded to go make fruit, bear fruit after their own kind. Amen. This is not something that we receive and then keep it to ourselves. You know, the Bible says you don't, when you light a candle, you don't stick it under a bushel. You don't sit on it. You stick it in the middle of the room so that it lights the room. And so when we've been filled with the Holy Ghost, we've been baptized in Jesus' name, something happened to us. We received some light and some illumination in our life that wasn't there before. Before our life was in darkness. And great was that darkness. But he's been, he has given us that light. And it's expected of us, it's commanded of us to take that light and shine it to whoever will, that we can show it to. And the word command or commanded is a verb. Everybody knows what a verb is, right? That's an action word. It requires action. Amen? So when we have a lot of references to the military in here, and I apologize, but it's the background that we have to work with. So it is what it is, and it works. We all under, even if you haven't been in the military, you understand it. The structure of the military, it's all about duty. It's all about being commanded to do something and doing it without questioning authority. And so when a military officer is commissioned, that's what we're talking about today, the great commission, right? Go ye unto all the world and preach. We have been commissioned like military officers. And what they are, when they are commissioned, they are charged with fulfilling their specific responsibilities and duties by their commanding officer to their unit and to their country. And ultimately, they answer to the commander-in-chief, the president of the United States. Anything less than, that they do than what they are commanded to do is considered to be dereliction of duty which is a serious matter. Amen? Uh, I have a brother-in-law that, that uh, went through a situation in the Marine Corps where he fell asleep on guard duty. And he, he received some punishment for that. They didn't, they didn't kick him out, but he, he was let to know that that wasn't his responsibility to fall asleep on guard duty. We can't fall asleep on God. On the things of God, we can't let ourselves become complacent and say, well, I'm on the bus. I've got my Holy Ghost. I've been baptized. I'm good. You know, the rest of them are just going to have to find their own way. That's the wrong answer. That's not what we were commanded to do. 
Notice that nowhere here does it say anything about inviting anyone to church. Now, I'm not, gonna, I'm not disparaging inviting people to church. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. We should be inviting people to church, but that's not what we were commanded to do. I know there's one preacher I know that, that if I said his name, you'd know who he was, but when he started out in North Carolina, when he was just starting out in his home, he said he would go teach home Bible studies to people, and he never invited anybody to church, not once. He would just go teach them home Bible studies. He would just talk to them in the mall or wherever, and he'd, he'd develop a relationship. And the next thing you know, he would have a home Bible study. And a lot of times he'd go to their house. And they might be smokers. They might be drinkers. They might be doing all kinds of things in their home. But he would go there and endure that. But he never invited them to church. He would just teach them the Word of God, teach them the Word of God, love on them, spend that hour there and say, okay, we got to go. And him and his wife would stop at the, the Sonic and get a hot dog on the way home. <laughs> to, to hear him tell it is hilarious. But, but anyway, he would wait until they invited themselves to church. And they would finally say at some point in the process of the Bible study, do you, you all have a church, I guess, don't you? He, he said, yeah, we do. And he'd just leave it right there. And, and then, so they'd say, well, would you mind if we came to your church? Well, yeah, I'd love if you came to my church. And he'd let them invite themselves. I don't know if that always works. but that And again, we're not commanded to invite people to church. We're commanded to go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them through, through, through showing them our light. Amen? Think about your own life for a minute. Think about your own walk with God. Somebody somewhere had a burden for the lost. Somebody somewhere got into this, and they said, all right, got to go tell some people. We have someone in this church that did that right after they got in church. They got them a Bible study chart, and they just went, and they went to, to teach as many Bible studies as they could to anybody that would listen. That's what it was all about, new convert. Amen? And so... Churches, and, and the thing is, churches in there, in the day that this was written, they weren't in buildings like this. They didn't have keyboards and drums and, and all this stuff. They were in their homes. And so when you invited somebody for a Bible study, when you wanted to, to break bread and break the, the bread of this word with somebody, you were inviting them to your home. You were feeding them a meal. You were having fellowship and break. The, it says in Acts 2 and 47, breaking bread and having fellowship together. And what does it say right after that? And the Lord added to the church daily. Now, in the King James, it says such as should be saved. But in other translations, it says such as were being saved. Well, how were they being saved? Well, we can't save anybody, Brother Terry. I can't save. The only person I can save is myself. That's what that scripture says in Acts 2, saving yourselves from this untoward generation. So how can we save others? By sharing this gospel with them, shedding the light, throwing the seed out there. Amen? If a farmer's got a bunch of bags of seeds stored in his barn and, it, and spring comes and the ground starts softening up, if he leaves that seed in the barn, it's never going to grow any corn. There ain't going to be one stalk of corn growing in that field. He can want that seed to go out in that field 
all by itself and want to grow that corn. But if he doesn't put that seed in a machine and go out there and plant that seed, nothing's going to happen. That seed's going to sit in that barn and rot. And so the seed has to be cast. Amen? And you know, the seed doesn't care who casts it. Right? It doesn't matter who's casting the seed as long as somebody's throwing it out there. And some of it's going to fall on good ground. And some of it's going to fall on stony ground. And some of it's going to fall on shallow ground. And some of it's going to fall by the wayside. We know that. Amen. When they would come and when the, the lawn guy would come and do my lawn when I lived back in Louisville, I would come home after they had put the seed down there. There would be all this grass seed all up and down my sidewalk. Well, that grass seed wasn't ever going to grow. Amen? And I knew that, and they knew that. They weren't worried about that. They were worried about the seed getting on the part that needed it. Amen? And so it's up to us to cast that seed. And, you know, in those days in the Bible, when after the day of, of, the, the day of Pentecost in Acts 2, when, when all those new converts, they had a 3,000-soul revival. And so the Bible says... After Acts 2.38, when it says that they need to be baptized and repent and be filled with the Holy Ghost, it says that they, it goes on and talks about what they did. They, they feared God and they, they listened to the disciples and they went out from house to house, breaking bread and having fellowship. They didn't have time. They hadn't had time for a, a new converts class, Brother Miller. They had no discipleship classes. They, they were sent out immediately with what they had which was their testimony. And they, the thing about it was they realized the, the brevity and, and the seriousness of what was they had. They had watched these disciples. This wasn't just done in, in a corner. This was done out in the open. And they knew what all these things that had happened and what brought Jesus to that cross and, and all the things that had happened. They knew what had brought all this to the culmination of this moment. And they knew that this promise of the Father that they received was something profound. It shook their very lives. And they, I mean, they couldn't keep from telling people. And, you know, they didn't have a Bible. They didn't have a Bible study chart. They didn't have, a, they didn't have any of that. Most people in that day were illiterate. Even if they did have those things. So how was information passed? From mouth to ear. They had to go tell somebody. And it wasn't hard to tell people about your own testimony. Amen. And as they begin to speak under the power of the Holy Ghost, you know, it's, and we might say to ourselves, well, I don't, I'm not gifted that way. Oh, really? So your Holy Ghost doesn't give you the same power it gives me? The only thing we got to get past is ourself. Amen. You're going to mess up when you go out there and start talking to somebody. But that you got to start somewhere. Amen. I'm going to see people in the line of work that I do and, and where I go to shop and all these things that you're never going to have the opportunity to talk to. So I'm responsible for those people. We have 51,000 people plus in the city of La Crosse. And if, if I just said, if there was just 10 people here in this church, that means that each one of those people will be responsible for how many? 5,100. 
we got a long way to go, don't we? <laughs> and so, you know, not not everybody's going to want to hear this. How many how many can attest to that? I mean, some people are going to throw it back at you. Some some people are going to spit in your face. But that that's no excuse not to cast the seed out. Amen. I was back there praying Friday, and I was standing there looking at all those tracks, and I thought to myself, my goodness, we should be running out of tracks. We should be giving those things away so fast that we got to go to Sister Parker every other week and get new tracks in the track rack. Because they're not doing anybody any good in that track rack back there. And there's some good information in there. I challenge you to go get everyone, get one each of those and take them home and read them. And know what they say. You might learn something. <laughs> I know. I, we're not. We're never stop learning. And then once you know what they say, when you hand them out, be prepared. You're prepared. You put that in you. And now you're prepared to answer those questions. And you know what the really cool thing to say is? When, the, when you don't know the answer to a question? Anybody? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know everything about everything, but I can find out the answer. But if you really want to know more about it, maybe you you could come to church with me on Sunday. Right? Amen. Amen. You know, God will use any method to get somebody in the house of God. And he wants to use us. He's commanded us to go. So if we've been commanded to go... And we don't go. What does that mean? You don't have to answer that. Maybe you can answer it in yourself. But what does that mean? <laughs> you know, we get a lot of information fed to us in this sanctuary, in this church. Brother Parker feeds us with so much stuff. It is so rich. And he he emphasizes to us the importance of not only just checking the box, but reading our Bible and studying it and feeding on it because you know what they say in computer world, garbage in, garbage out. If you put a bunch of garbage in a computer, you're not going to get anything out but garbage. If we put a bunch of garbage in our body, it's going to have an effect on us. But if we feed ourselves on the things of God, we're preparing ourselves for those moments when God begins to open doors for us to share this gospel. And you might share the gospel with somebody and, and never see them again. But you've planted that seed. You've handed that track. They might go and take that track and give it to somebody else. And that person might take it and throw it in the trash. And the guy picking the trash up might, might be dumping the trash and see that thing fall to the ground and go, oh, I left something, and go to pick that up and look at it and go, hmm, well, you just never know where God's going to send that track. So, But it can't happen if it never leaves this building. We can't win people if we don't ever tell them. Amen. If, if you saw somebody's house on fire and you knew they were in there, would you stand outside on the sidewalk and go, your house is on fire? Um, hey, can you hear me? Your house is on fire. I don't know if they heard me. Would you do that? Of course you wouldn't. You'd be screaming. You'd be hollering. You'd be trying to get their attention. Get out of that house. It's on fire. You'd be running in there to try to get them out. Amen. 
Bible talks about pulling them out of the fire. Amen? And such were some of us. In truth, and such were every single one of us. Amen? There was a day we wouldn't have sat in a church building and listened to a preacher. We would have just said, I don't need that. I got everything under control. Life's good. I've got this. I got the wheel. I don't need anybody telling me what to do. Amen. But you know what? God has a way of changing our life and causing things to happen in our life to cause us to say, you know what? I need God. And thank God that you had the sensitivity enough, that somebody had the, the sensitivity enough to pray for you and that you had the sensitivity enough to know that was God pulling on your heart, tugging on your heartstrings, and you came to a church service and allowed the Word of God to begin to be planted. But it started out there, not in here. Amen? Brother Miller said, they're all starving for truth, and they don't even know it. Out there, in that world out there, those 5,100 people that you're responsible for, they're walking in darkness. They don't even know they're in darkness. The Bible says that he's got them in bondage at, at his will. And so when I was in the world, I can remember, I wasn't raised in church, so I can remember being in the world and thinking that very thing, I got this. I don't need God. I don't need all this religion. And I can remember that, that moment when it, something began to happen in my life. And it all came from somebody out there sharing the gospel with me, handing me a track, reading me a scripture. They planted something in me, and it did stuck. And God began to deal with that. And, that. and little did I know, probably that person went back and began to pray and water that. Just water that. And God began to deal with that and add to it. And that thing started to grow. But it all began when somebody said, I'm, i got to do what the command says. i got to go. Acts 1 and 8 says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. This was Jesus talking to the disciples right before the day of Pentecost happened. And you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, your local city, in Judea, the, the county, the larger, a larger area, in Samaria, the country, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And so he has given every one of us the same power, the same light. That we're not to be putting it under a bushel. He has given every one of us the ability to be witnesses unto him in all these places. And so the responsibility is no longer on him. It's on us. Amen? You know, the Bible says that we are not our own. Right? That we are bought with a price. And so we don't belong to ourselves if we understand that. Then that means the things that we own don't belong to us either. We are stewards of the things that God has put in our life. The home that we live in, the car that we drive, all the things that we have. And so as far as I'm concerned, for me, my house is his house. And my living room is his living room. And I don't get to choose and pick who I let come in my living room if he sends me to somebody that, that maybe I don't particularly think 
is the right kind of person I'd bring in my house. doesn't matter. If that's the soul he sent me to, I mean, you don't know how many preachers we have just in the United Pentecostal Church that used to be alcoholics, that used to be deal- drug dealers, that used to be gang members, that are apostolic preachers. Somebody had to allow them to come into their church and sit on a pew. Somebody had to look past all their mess and say, that's a soul. Because Jesus told us, go ye into all the world. And, and he also said in another place, he talked about every creature. And not, that's not just talking about like creatures. That's talking about his creation. You know, the Bible says, before I was formed in the womb... What? He knew me. Because it's about our soul. It's not about this body that we're living in. It's about our soul. Every individual outside the doors of this church today that's not hearing this gospel is a soul to him. And their soul is important to him. And he could bypass the human element and just bypass all of us and do it himself, but that's not what his plan is. When he gave that command to his disciples in in the Bible, that command went out to every single person from that day until now. And so we don't get out of that. That command is to you. That command is to me. And this is how I look at it. If I'm not winning souls, I'm, I'm in trouble. Because that's what God commanded. That's what I signed up for when I came to this altar. Whether you realize it or not, you signed a contract. And you said, I belong to you now. When you're, when you're a slave standing on a block and the slave owners are all out there bidding on you and finally somebody wins the bid, do you get to have a say in that? I know we don't do that anymore, but that's what they did back in the day. And so you were... A slave to sin. You were a slave to the enemy of your soul. All you did was change slave owners. But I gladly serve the Lord. I gladly make myself available. I belong to Him. Amen. And I I just want as many people in this family as I can get. But I got to go outside these doors and outside of my own comfort zone and win them. At least try to. Like I said, not everybody wants to hear this. But the least likely ones are the ones that are going to come. Cornelius was one of the most least likely people that you would have ever thought. But, you know, God has a way. Because Cornelius had, you know, he was a Gentile. He was a centurion. And, the, and the, the, the Gentiles had certain attitudes about the Jews. They thought they were weird because they didn't eat pork. So they thought they worshipped pigs. Right? As we know people today that won't eat beef in other countries, and they worship that animal. They think it's their brother or something. And the Jews thought that the Gentiles were weird because they worshipped all kinds of idols. And, and so there was some division there. And God's intent, all the way, you can go all the way back to the Old Testament, and God's talking about reaching the Gentiles. And so God had to deal with that. And so he began dealing with 
Cornelius. And so then he told Cornelius, go send for this guy, this Jew, Peter. Well, in the meantime, Peter's up on the house taking a nap, and God gives him a vision about Cornelius and, and telling him that what I'm calling clean, don't you call unclean. And God worked that out, and he sent Peter to do something he'd never done before. First of all, he invited Gentiles into his home, which was unheard of. Then he went with them and took some of his other Jew buddies with him. And they went into the house of a Gentile. And this man had filled the house up with 40 or 50 people because he knew that God had spoken to him. And so you never know where God's going to send you. How many heard Brother Wilson talking about the U.N.? at the winter camp. This guy out of Detroit has baptized and filled with the Holy God's filled with the Holy Ghost, thirty four people at the UN. That's in New York, the UN, where all these nations from around the world are at. And it all started with one lady that he baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, that worked at the UN. And all she did as a new convert was just go to work one day and tell a friend. And then she told another friend at lunch. Then she told somebody else at lunch. Next thing she knows, they're saying, Well can you break? Can we have a Bible study? Then she's telling her pastor, well, he's traveling with his wife to the U.N. now. They're having a Bible study, and they're giving him a room to have it in. And God has used that man's ministry to bring a healing to a, like a Saudi king or something. And it's against their, you, you, when you go to that country, if you claim to be a Christian or if you leave that Muslim religion and go to, to a Christian belief, they disown you as a family member. And this, this lady went back home to her dad and prayed over him in Jesus' name, and God healed him. God will use you if you'll make yourself available. <laughs> He'll take you places. Brother Wilson would have never guessed in a million years he was going to go to the U.N. and be baptized in 34 people in Jesus' name and touching people around the world. What other place could you do that? But it all started with him going to Detroit and starting a church and winning people. And he won this lady, and just one thing led to another. And you know what? God will honor it if we'll just go do it. If you'll just cast the seed, sure, people might cuss at you and spit in your face, and sure, they might throw it on the ground. Don't worry about it. Pick it back up and give it to somebody else. But God's going to be honored with our effort. Amen. Is this all right today? We are his body. Amen? In our natural body, what runs our body? Our brain. Our head. Right? The brain dictates to the body what to do. It's the, it's the nerve center. It's the place where everything happens. All the decisions are made. If you touch something hot, if you put your hand on a hot stove, your brain tells you to pick your hand up. That's hot. And so God is the head. We are the body. Your body doesn't resist what your head tells it to do normally, right? So the head is telling the body that we need to go out there and win the lost. We are called and chosen of God to make disciples, to baptize and to teach and to produce fruit after our own kind. And so we're to teach them to pray. I'll never forget when I first learned how to pray, all they did was take me down to the to the prayer room which isn't there anymore and they just said do what we do 
So I did. I watched them for a couple minutes, and then I started doing what they did. That's how I started learning how to pray. Best way to learn, teach somebody, is go show them how to do it. You go, I'm going to go over here and pray. You go over there and pray. I found me a place on the couch, and I started praying. That's how I learned to pray. And then I wasn't satisfied with that. I wanted to know more, so I started looking for teaching on prayer. I was hungry for that. It was making a difference. We got to teach them how to be faithful. They had classes. I was taught how to be faithful, how to tithe, how to do all these things. And those people that were doing that, they were new converts once too. Some of them were already new converts, and they were already teaching. And those new converts in the, in the book of Acts, they didn't have time for a Bible study. They just went out and did it. And the Lord added to the church daily, it says, such as should be saved. The next big revival, they added 5,000. Can you imagine a 5,000-soul revival? Can you imagine a 300-soul revival here in this building? We, we, don't have, we can't handle it. We don't have it. Amen? But we, we'll never know if we don't go out there and, find, and start casting some seed out and finding them. If we don't start obeying the command to go, we might not do it exactly right. We might not be able to answer every question. But somebody just like us said, you know, I don't know how to teach a Bible study. I, don't know. I, I stutter when I talk, but I'm going to go out and do it anyway. And somebody out there won us one day and pulled us into the kingdom, pulled us out of the fire, pulled us out of the pit that we were in. And so it's a process. We can't get in a hurry. Even though God has commanded us to go, we can't get in a hurry. You can't make corn grow any faster than it's going to grow. The farmer goes out there and tosses the seed out. Like when they did my grass, my yard in Louisville, and the guy left me a note, said water it every so often, twice a day or whatever it was. You've got to water it for three weeks, twice a day, or it won't grow. It won't germinate. It won't come up. It'll just lay there and die. So we can't just go cast the seed. Now, if we cast seed, we've got to start watering it. We've got to start praying over it. We've got to start interceding and travailing for those souls. Because how are babies born? Don't answer that. But there's a lot of travail. There's a lot, of, there's a lot that goes on. I know I've been there. I've seen it. I haven't experienced it. Would never want to. But I know what, take, what takes place to bring forth that child. And so it's not going to be any different in the spiritual we can't just throw the seed out there and then forget about it. We've got to water it. One man stated, and I'm coming to a close, stated it this way regarding the seriousness of the matter of reaching out to the lost world with the gospel. He said, the eternal destiny of souls is at stake, and God has given his followers the responsibility to go and tell. Everybody say, that's me. That's me. That's me. I'm going to see people that you'll never see, and I'm not even from here. And you've lived here all your life, but there's going to be people that I'm going to run into and come across their path that you will probably never see in your life unless I take the responsibility God give me to begin to share the gospel. There's a lady at the Walmart on the south side. I don't know why. She just... 
she just has like focused on the fact every time I'm there, she's like, boy, you're always here. Her name is Bridget. And I just feel like that God is opening a door there. So I make sure when I go to Walmart now, I go find Bridget's line and I get in it. Because I want that opportunity every chance I get to be in front of Bridget. Because I don't know what it is. It's just God's opening a door. And Bridget's got a wedding ring on, so I know she's got a husband. So I, the way I look at it is that's a family. Maybe Bridget's hungry. Maybe what it is, it's not Vince Demuth that she's looking at and saying, Boy, you look familiar. It's that spirit. It's that, that Holy Ghost, that light that's shining in me. And that's my prayer. I don't want them to see me. I want them to see the Jesus in me. I think there's a song that goes something like that. But that's what we want. That's what we want, that, that spirit of God that dwells in us to be shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost so they don't even know why they're acting the way they are. There's just something about you that's different, and they don't know quite what to say. And we need to be able in the spirit to recognize that and to know that that's an opportunity. Amen? He'll give you opportunities if Brother Miller brought it out already this morning. If you're hungering and thirsting after righteousness, the Bible says, think about things above, not about things beneath. What are the things above that we're supposed to think about? The things of God. God's business. We're here to be about our Father's business. You know, I was alluding to the fact that we, we've become his property, but really we're his sons. He's grafted us into the kingdom. And really, we're his bride. He's not going to do things bad to his bride. Amen. We are his hands and his feet on this earth. We are that body of believers. And you think you got problems? This guy, Peter, he was very impetuous. He was very prone to just fly off at the handle and had a... He had kind of a, uh, an anger problem. He had some anger issues. But God saw something in him beyond what the world saw in him, and he used him to launch the church that we are a part of today on the day of Pentecost. With all the mistakes that he made, he denied Jesus three times after he told him he would, and he still used him. And so we have no excuse today. That's already been said in the, the lesson this morning. We have no excuse. Just like with Peter and Cornelius, God is going to use circumstances and situations in our life to break down barriers that maybe we have set up. Because we'll never reach out to that one that maybe doesn't smell right or look right or act right until he breaks down that barrier that we've set up and said, I'll only reach a certain kind of people. Because we don't really, that's what Jesus was trying to get across to Peter. You don't get to decide who goes into the kingdom and who doesn't. It's not up to us. We don't get to pick and choose. Amen? Because you never know who it is that you're reaching. You have no idea. So what's the point of this message today? What's the point? What's, what's the Lord trying to talk to us about today? The point is, is that he's not just called us to be faithful church attenders. Amen? We're all faithful church attenders. 
And he expects us to come to the house of God. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. It's important that we come here to be fed and to be nourished and to receive impartation from the Lord. But it's even more important that we take what we have and we add to it and we go out and share it with somebody else. He requires the human element leading up. He required the human element leading up to the day of Pentecost. That's why Jesus trained those men, because the human element was important. He could just bypass us all and save everybody, but he's not going to do that. He needs us to be that voice in that light. And so that requirement for the human element has never changed to this day. Here we are today in 2017. We're still living the book of Acts. The book of Acts does not have an amen at the end. So we are still living in the book of Acts. The church is still growing. The church is still moving forward. Until the Lord comes, the church is going to keep growing. We've got 51,000 people to reach in this city. And I don't even think that's counting the ones that are in college right now. There's, There's thousands and thousands of college students that are in this city twice a year. For college and they need to they need the gospel too they need to hear about jesus you don't know who's hungry you don't know who's been crying in their bed at night you don't know what's going on in the lives of people that has drawn them to this place but just like when brother miller and brother parker were out one day knocking on doors and they walked up to this la- and they walked past this house i think this is how it went and god told them to go back so they went back went up this Sidewalk knocked on the door, and this lady was in the door weeping. She'd been asking, praying for God to send somebody. So you never know what circumstance and situation you're going to run into. There's people out there right now today that are praying, God, if you're real. How many have heard testimonies like this? God, if you're real, send somebody to my front door. I might be, you might be the one that he's trying to send. But we got to be listening. We got to have that mind of Christ. We got to be focusing on things above and not on things beneath. And it's hard sometimes because life is busy. We can let ourselves get so busy that we forget about the kingdom of God and the things of God and being sensitive to His Spirit. Amen. Amen. If everybody could stand. Luke chapter 10, verse 1 and 2 says, After these things the Lord appointed other seventy also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place, whither he himself would come. Therefore said he unto them, The harvest is truly great. Everybody say, The harvest is truly great. But the laborers are few. And the next verse, next part of that verse says, Pray ye therefore, he's telling his disciples, the Lord of the harvest, who is that? Jesus Christ. That he would send forth laborers into his, it's his harvest. It's not ours. We're just like those workers that were paid the same amount and they all came at different times of the day. We're just there to work. 
We're just here to work. Work the work that he's given us to do. That word send, that right there, send forth, it means to thrust out, to put forth and to expel. And so when, when you read that, it's saying, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would expel, that he would thrust out workers. It's not a request. He's trying to thrust us out there, push us out there, saying, get out of your comfort zone and go out there. That's the harvest is not going to happen without laborers. Amen. So, I believe that the Lord's asking us some questions today. Amen. I know that He's been dealing with my heart as I've, as He's dealt with me about this message, and I've got to go and find my place of prayer because I know the Lord's dealing with me about. You know, I've, I've kind of used the excuse that, well, I'm new here and I don't know anybody. Well, I can't really use that excuse anymore because I've been in enough stores and restaurants and places. I've started to meet some people, and so I've got to get busy myself. You know, what excuse will work with God? What excuse is going to work? I don't think there is one because I know I don't know about you, but I don't want to hear those those faithful words from God that says, depart from me, I never knew you. Ye that what? Work iniquity. What is iniquity? That's just blatant disobedience. I know to do good, but I don't want to let God control my life. I want to control my life. That's what iniquity is. Amen. So do you want to be found to be derelict of duty in the thing that the commander-in-chief, our God, has commanded us to do? What excuse do we have today? Amen. I urge everyone that's in the sound of my voice to examine your life. You know, when we do communion, when we have communion service, we read that scripture that talks about examining yourself. And I believe that we don't need to just save that scripture for when we're having communion service. Like Brother Parker said, you, you're welcome to have communion service every day in your home if you want to. If that's what it takes for you to examine yourself and to look at your life and say, am I doing what God has called me to do or am I just riding the coattails into the kingdom? So our first step this morning was really a step we've already taken. When we came to an altar... When we stood in a pew and said, all right, God, I get it. When we walked to an altar, when we repented, when we started saying, you know what? I've made a mess of my life. I can't do this anymore. I need God. When we walked to that altar and we repented and God filled us with the precious and wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost, we submitted our life to him so totally and completely that we gave him our tongue to use to give us a new language to pray with. We signed a contract. We said, I am not in charge anymore. This is not my will. Just like Jesus prayed that prayer, Father, not my will. Thank God he prayed that prayer because it was for us that he prayed that prayer. Not my will, Father, but thy will be done. He didn't, in the flesh, he didn't want to go to that cross for me and you, but he did it because he knew we needed it. We needed that. We needed that power, that authority. Amen. He has given us the power and authority 
to tread on serpents and scorpions. He has given us the power and authority to heal the sick and raise the dead. We don't need to wait for the pastor to do that. You don't need to be a licensed minister to go out these doors and win souls, to teach a home Bible study. I, we've been here a year and a half. I, that's all Brother Parker talks about is how many teach, teach a home Bible study, teach a home Bible study. We've got to go do it. Amen? And you know, I, I heard one preacher say that's where you really start learning. It's really where the things of God really start start coming home to you when you're sitting across the table from somebody else and you're talking to them about the gospel and you're talking to them about the Lord and you begin to see those eyes open up and you begin to see that revelation come to and you can see it and it just thrills you to death on the inside and you're trying to hold it in while you're trying to maintain yourself teaching that Bible study. That's where we really start getting the revelation of who he is. That's where we start growing. It's not all the training that I went to at Fort Gordon to be a telephone guy that taught me how to be a telephone guy in the Army. It was when they sent me to that first duty station and put me in that live telephone exchange and said, okay, now, everything you learned in the classroom, start doing it. Fix it. Solder it. Whatever you got to do. Troubleshoot it. That's where the learning began. And that's where the learning's going to begin. Amen. I can't wait. I can't wait. I've been almost begging God for a home Bible study in my my place over there on the south side. And I I almost have in my mind a vision of of there being a cell group over there, uh, almost another church starting on that side of town, just from one Bible study. And that one's going to invite one and say, man, I'm having this really good Bible study with this guy from, this southern guy from Kentucky. You ought ought to come at least hear him talk. (laughs) You know? Whatever it takes. I mean, whatever, whatever amount of groceries i got to buy and cook it, whatever it takes, God's going to honor it. He's going to bless it. We're going to see that person come to this altar. And it's not that we're going to be proud and say, I did that. But we're going to look at that and say, look what God has done. What excuse will we have? Brother Miller already talked about it. When we stand before the throne room of God, and it's just us, just me, I'm not going to be able to have my wife there. I'm not going to be able to have my sons there, my granddaughters. It's going to be me and God. He's going to have, his, he's going to have this out. And he's going to judge me by this book. What am I going to say? What's going to be my excuse today? If you, have, if you feel like you need to, if God's been dealing with you, I believe that he has throughout this service today, not just now, but before. God has just been building one thing upon another this afternoon, this morning. If you feel like God's been dealing with you, you need to to get some things right with the Lord and begin to maybe take some steps in another direction. I encourage you right now to come to this altar. Amen. When John the Baptist was baptizing people, it was very public. They were acknowledging their sin. They were, his baptism was under repentance. Repentance is not fun. It's not easy. It's not, it's not something our flesh likes to do, to admit we're wrong. Amen. But I'm telling you today, and I'm admitting before God that my attitude's not been right. 
And God's dealing with me about changing my attitude. Because he didn't call me here to be buddies and friends with everybody. He called me here for a specific purpose and specific reason. That was to serve him. And this, that's what serving him is. Amen. What happens to the tree when it doesn't bear fruit? What do they do? The, the branch that doesn't bear fruit, they cut it off. They prune it. And what do they do with that branch? They leave it in a pile, let it dry out, and then they go put it in a fire and burn it. It's good for nothing but burning in a fire. I don't want to be left. I don't want to be a branch that's not bearing fruit today. Father, we love you today. Lord, we thank you today. I don't know about you, but Father, I know that I'm not all that I need to be for your kingdom. I know that I have fallen short, way short of the glory of God every day of my life. Every day that I wake up, Father, I thank you for life and health and breath, but then I don't go and do the things that you've told me to do, Father, and I I find myself being complacent, Father, and I thank you for your mercy. He looks beyond our faults sometimes, and he sees our need, and he, he tries to reach out to us like he's doing right now. He's reaching into the lives of some people in this room right now. I don't know if you're going to come to this altar or not, but God, like I said in the beginning, he knows your heart. He knows the heart of every individual in this place. He knows your motives. The Bible says that the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, and it's able to divide asunder the soul and the spirits, soul of the spirit and the joint and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our hearts. He knows what you're thinking. He knows what you're feeling right now. He knows what you're dealing with. And that's why he brought this message today. He's trying to, to bump us and to prod us and to, and to get us to, to get up, figuratively speaking, and to go be about our Father's business in this city. Nobody else is going to do it. Nobody else is going to go out there and reach the lost. Nobody else is going to talk to that one that you're going to be coming in contact with tomorrow. It's your job. It's your responsibility. You've been commanded to do it. And I want to be a willing vessel in the hands of Almighty God. I want to be willing. I don't want to be difficult and, and fight against God. I want to be willing to do what God has sent me to do. We need to go from this place today thinking about the field of labor that God has given us and the responsibility he's given us for the souls of this city. You know, the devil's after the same thing that that God is, right? He's after the souls of every individual in this city, and it's his desire to keep them in darkness, to keep them blinded, to keep them bound by all the things that they're bound by. And the only way that's going to change is this church right here. Doing what we're supposed to do. And greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And the devil doesn't have any power that the Lord doesn't let him have. And all we've got to do is pray in Jesus' name. And all we've got to do is begin to, to bind that devil and out of those situations. We have more power than the devil ever thought he had. Amen? 
You know, he said, Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Where do you, what power do you think we have in us when we're filled with the Holy Ghost? That same power. That same power to heal the sick and raise the dead and do all those things. It's not us doing it. It's him doing it through us as vessels. So one more time, opportunity for you to come up to this altar. If not, I know many of you are probably praying and talking to the Lord right where you are. But God is totally aware of our circumstance and situation today. And he's totally aware of what it's going to take to grow this church and to grow the kingdom. Really, it's not about this church. It's about his kingdom. We're just a congregation of people that meet together. Amen. He never told us to grow a church that I read. He never told us to invite people to church. He told us to go, teach, baptize, make disciples. Amen. And that's going to all bring that's going to bring them about to this place. But we've got to go out there. We have the power. We have the authority. We have the knowledge. We have the wisdom. We have all the tools that we need. We just got to get them out of our toolbox and use them. Amen. Hallelujah.